I could get used to this. Good morning, everybody. My name is Brad. I am the humble, a humble pastoral intern here. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to give you a big warm welcome. Just go over a few of our announcements. First up is we always ask you to check in for us, please. You can see that information right behind me. We love knowing that you're here. We love staying connected as a church family. If you could, just text check to the church number. Or there's a little blue card that sits in the seat right in front of you. If you just fill that out and put it in the, the box in the foyer, we'd really appreciate that just so we can stay connected. A uh, few more announcements. Next up, we got DeLand High School Football Breakfast begins this Friday. You just need to text football to the church's number. This is an awesome opportunity in the community. We get the, the privilege to host the DeLand High football team here to feed a breakfast. This is a great community outreach. If you want to be a part of this, if you love football, you love the high school team, you love breakfast, please sign up for this. Up next, we got Pizza with the Pastors. It's August 27th. If you want to uh, be a part of the church, if you want to become a member, this is part of the new member process. We just have some lunch, talk about uh, the staff, talk about what this church, uh, this church's purpose and what this church thinks. And so if you want to be a part of the new member process at Pizza with the Pastors, please text pizza to the number. Last up, we got fall programming is beginning August 23rd. That is two Wednesdays from now. We are kicking back our Wednesday nights. We're having our, our dinner meals. We're having all of our classes and studies. We're having youth on Wednesday night again, which is, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, 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 hold it. <laughs> Please come be a part of this. I love Wednesday nights. They're always amazing. That's two Wednesdays from now. Let me pray for us and we'll continue in worship. God, you're, you're great and you're kind and you're gracious. God, I pray that we worship you with all that we got. God, I pray that we, we open up our hearts to what you, your Holy Spirit has to say to us today. Lord, we just want to look more like your son. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand, family. Come on, we're going to raise a hallelujah to the king of the universe. Come on. Raise it up. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Come on, enter right and I raise. I raise a hallelujah. Louder and louder, we 
continue to lift our voices. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would He fail now? He won't. still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I've been
Amen. All glory and praise to the King of Kings this morning. His name is Jesus. Amen. Would you please be seated? Good to see you this morning. What a great day, and just so grateful for uh, the time of worship. Just what a what a wonderful time of singing it has been, and uh, just I'm excited about today. Yeah, I'm excited about what God's going to do and the way that He's going to kind of challenge us today, and uh, ways that we can step up and and continue to uh, to move forward in our faith and move forward in what God has has called us to be and called us to do. So uh, I'm I'm thankful that you're here. Um, it is a special time of year as we are headed back to school. And I know that's always an exciting time. I know that you're I know that we have some students that are so pumped about getting back to school. That's like your whole thing. You've been hoping that that would come and here it is, right? Right? Yeah, no, no, not right. I, I know, I know, I know. You've enjoyed the summer, but you know what? Everything must come to an end. So uh, we are grateful that we have the privilege of being able to uh, today just think about going back to school. There's a lot of things uh, to consider. I want to uh, I want to welcome and 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 recognize several groups of people. I'm going to have some people stand up. I, I just want you to, if you will, just remain standing. The first group that I want you to be able to see is we actually have a school right here on our campus, pre-K through eight, and uh, and we're so grateful to be able to have uh, Stetson Baptist Christian School. And we have a number of our teachers from Stetson Baptist Christian School. Would y'all just stand real fast? And I think we have some pictures of them on the, uh, on the screen here. That's awesome. Yeah. So excited. Just remain standing, if you will. Um, we're grateful for, uh, for our, our Christian school here on campus, and uh, we know that we have uh, just a wonderful group of teachers that are going to invest in the lives of these students. And then also across this room, I know that we have lots and lots of teachers and administrators and school board employees, and so if you would just stand and allow us to recognize you today. Yes, all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the final group that we want to recognize today are all of our students, because you're the ones that are actually, well, these all have already headed back to school. You're headed back to school tomorrow. So if you're a student in the room, would you just stand and let us recognize you today as well? I'm seeing how well our student ministry pays attention to their pastor. That's really great. Hey, um, y'all are all standing. You're all standing. I just want to pray for you. Can we just pray for you? Let me do that. Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of, uh, of just recognizing all of these that are headed back to school. And God, I just pray that you would use this year in a powerful way. God, we know that there are lessons that need to be learned. There are subjects that are going to be taught. There are tests that are going to be given. There are, um, ho- there's homework that's going to be accomplished. There are things that are going to be done as a part of school. And God, that is, that is beautiful and perfect and exactly right. But God, in the midst of that, we also know that there is an opportunity to make much of you this school year. God, there's an opportunity to glorify you as teachers and as students and as administrators and school board employees. And and God, in the midst of the educational process that we know will happen in our schools, God, I just pray that your name would be lifted, that that we would live out our faith every day, that people would see something different in the people that are standing before us and that they would want that. And what that is, is the presence of Jesus Christ. And God, I just pray that on the campus of schools across this city and across this area, God, I pray that the name of Jesus would be taken. Taken in hearts, taken in mouths, taken in lives, taken in responses. And Father, that people would be able to see Jesus through the way that we live our lives this year. God, we're grateful 
We're grateful for the way that you lead us. And God, I'm thankful for each one of these teachers and administrators and students. And God, we just pray your blessings on them. Make our schools a place of peace and education and safety. And Father, I just pray that there would be great care that is exhibited, friendships that are created, and most of all, the message of the gospel that is proclaimed. Thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to do that. And give us those opportunities and let us be bold in sharing the name of Jesus this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give these one more round of applause? It is always a special thing to be able to, uh, to think about going back to school. It is, a, it is a marker in time, and so I'm grateful that we have the privilege of being able to um, just recognize all of our teachers and everybody that's contributing to, uh, to what God is going to do over the course of this school year. Well, this morning, we're going to finish up the book of Galatians. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And, uh, and right at the end of, uh, of this book, Paul, if you've been with us for a little while, Paul has kind of gone up and down, up and down, up and down. It's kind of been a roller coaster ride of what do we do? Do we do this? Do we not do this? Do we follow the law? Do we not follow the law? How do we follow the law and yet still believe in Jesus and trust in Jesus? It's been, it's, it's, Galatians is a little confusing. And I'm grateful that we get to the end of it and Paul gives us a really clear summary. He gives us a really clear way that we can take the book of Galatians and actually apply it to our lives. I hope that today you are ready for application because that's what we're going to land. That's what we're going to land on today um, is how do we take what God has, has taught us through this book and, and, and really kind of apply it. If this is your first time here, and I know that we have some first timers here today. If this is your first time here, it's great because you're coming for the summary. So you're, you get the, like the cliff notes version of Galatians. They, they still have cliff notes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so apparently Cliff Notes, I, don't, I never got any Cliff Notes in my educational process. I just knew what they were, right? I, all of my friends got the Cliff Notes, but I never, anyway. Um, so Galatians chapter 6, we're going to be looking at, uh, at where we need to apply this book and how we can apply this book. I'm going to read one verse just to kind of get us started, and then we'll read the rest of the section. First of all, Paul writes, he says, see... With what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. You may say, what in the world does that mean? Well, Paul, and like a lot of biblical writers, many times the biblical writers would actually write in such a way that they would speak and they had a person that would write it down. That person was called an amanuensis. It was the person that would take the words and would actually write down the words. And so most people think that Paul was one of those people. He would speak and then an amanuensis would write down the words that Paul was speaking. Here though, the idea is that Paul got to the end of Galatians and he said to his amanuensis, said, hey, give me that, give me that scroll. I got some things I want to write down. I got some things that I want them to see. This is important, and I want it to be from my hand to their ears. And so it says that he began to write this with his own hand, and it says that he wrote with large letters. There's two schools of thought there. One school of thought is that maybe Paul was struggling with his eyesight. There's other evidence in Scripture that says that Paul may have been actually, uh, his, his eyesight may have been failing. So it is possible that the reason he wrote with big letters was so that he could read it. So that people could hear what he was saying and so that they would, they would be able to see that it was actually him. And so he was writing for, him, for himself in big letters. The other school of thought that I actually agree with more is that Paul was writing at the end of Galatians with big letters because he wanted people to pay attention. He wanted people to say, if you've forgotten everything else, remember this. He's saying, I'm going to give you a summary of everything that I've said, and I don't want you to miss it. So therefore, we should not miss it. So listen to what he says. He says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. 
But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy upon them and upon the Israel of God, from now on, let no one cause you, cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Paul here in this important section of scripture that he has written with big letters, he gives us some contrasts between living the true Christian life versus living the legalistic version of of the Christian life. Living what God wants us to live versus trying to display what man wants us to display. And to to categorize those, I I wrote them down in kind of a us versus them idea. Uh, This idea of what does it mean to live the Christian life and what does it mean to live, and I'll use this word in a minute, what does it mean to live the fake Christian life? The one that maybe looks good on the outside but is deep and dark on the inside. These are some, some words that he uses. You can either be prideful or you can be humble. Prideful is I want everybody to look at me and say, look how good he is. Humble is I want everybody to look at me and just see Jesus. I don't want it to be about what I've done or how I've acted or how I've responded or the things that I've said or the things that I've done. He uses the idea of circumcision and he says, you know, these people are so proud of themselves that they've missed Jesus. They're so caught up on who they are and what they've done that they've missed Jesus. He says, don't miss Jesus. Because when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we get really humble really fast. Because we realize that we can't live up to his standard. We can be prideful or we can be humble. He also uses these words. He says, you can either be fake or you can be real. You can fake it or you can be real. The fake side of things is, are, are, are those people that say, look at me. Look how good I am. Look how great. Hey, I, I've got it all figured out. I go to church. I've got a big Bible. I, I, you know, my name's on the roll. I'm here and I'm there and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But they're their heart is so dark. He says, I don't want to be fake. I want to be real. I want to recognize that I, have, I do not have it all together. I want to come to grips with the fact that I am really at the, at the, at the base of it. I fail so much. I miss the mark so many times. And I'm just so glad that Jesus forgives me. It's not by anything that I've done, but it's because of everything that he's done for me. He he literally uses, he says, these people that are preaching circumcision to you, they don't even keep the law. He says, they're talking about one thing, but they're dismissing everything else. I would much rather fail at keeping the law and trust Jesus than talk about one part of the law that I kept and not trust Jesus. Make sense? The third uh, kind of contrast that that he offers is he says that there are people that are focusing on things that are unimportant and some people that are focusing on the things that are important. In this particular case, it's you can follow the law and you can do all of the things that you need to do and try to work your way up to Jesus and really that's not what's important. What's important is being a new creation. Is having Jesus change you from the inside out. What's important is believing in Christ and having him change your life. Change your destiny. That's what's important. So when I look at that and I ask myself, do I want to be prideful or humble? I want to follow on the humble side. Do I want to be fake Or do I want to be real? That's a scary question to answer. Because you see, we've gotten really good at 
faking it. But at the base of it, we, we want to be real. We want people to see who we are, even if we're messed up. Do I want to focus on things that are unimportant? Or do I want to base my life on the one thing that is important? Do I want to spend the rest of my life chasing after things that don't matter? Or do I want to spend the rest of my life chasing after the one thing that does? It's pretty clear, isn't it? How should we live? Paul, in one verse, summarizes the place that we need to be. I'm going to read it for you. It's going to be from a different translation than we read just a moment ago. But just listen to verse 14. Paul says this. He says, but as for me, I will never boast, be prideful, show who I am about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world, the world, the stuff, the world has been crucified to me through the cross. I don't have to worry about the world. I'm, I'm dead to the world through the cross. And I, I'm dead to the world and the world's dead to me. I'm not worried about the things that the world is worried about. Because I am crucified. I am boasting only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. Paul here is making a really bold statement that I want you to hear. And and I'm going to introduce a term because I think it's important that you hear. Paul is saying, how should I live I want to live not my life. I want to live the life of the cross. I want to live the life of crucifixion. I want to live the life of death to myself and life to Jesus. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about him. Uh, To to the terminology, Paul is saying, I want to live the cross life. I want to live out the cross. I want to live out the gospel. I want to live out Jesus and everything that he did for me in my life every single day. Now the question that we should be asking is great. How do I do that? How do I live out the cross life? It's a great question. And I'm going to take us to a passage where Jesus actually gives us the answer. Quick setting, two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, their mom, it's kind of interesting, their mom goes to Jesus and says, hey, listen, when you end up in your kingdom, can my two boys sit in the place of honor? That's a little odd that their mom went to Jesus, but whatever. Jesus says to their mom, "Um, I don't think you know what you're asking. For them to sit in the place of honor, they would have to go through what I'm going to go through. And I don't think that they're up for that. James and John overhear this, and they step in, and they say, oh, Jesus, we're ready. We can do whatever, we can do whatever's needed. We've got this. It's going to be fine. We are ready. Jesus is still saying, you have no clue what you're actually asking. What they're asking is, We can live the cross life. Well, the other ten disciples hear this conversation and they get really angry. Because how dare two disciples and their mom go to Jesus and say, let my kids or let me sit in the place of honor. Why would you do that? You, what, how, why do you think you're so special? Why can't all of us sit? Why should you sit in the place of honor? Uh, no, 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 no. And that's where we pick it up in Matthew chapter 20. I just want you to read, I just want you to hear what Jesus says. Listen. But Jesus called, to them, called them, all of his disciples, to him and said, You know. That the rulers of the Gentiles, the legalistics, the ones who make all the rules, the ones who tell you how everything needs to be, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority 
over them. This kind of goes, going back to the Galatians, it says the ones who make the rules, they make the rules, and they make rules that are going to try to get you to live in a certain way and, and be a certain way. And they're always looking for the place of honor. They're always looking for the place of, of, uh, of recognition. They're always looking. They're, they're lifting themselves up by pushing you down. Verse 26, it says, it shall not be so among you. Jesus says, you know how the other leaders do. Don't be like them. It shall not be so among you. And then he gives us the clue. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Here it is. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How do we live the cross life? I'll put it very succinctly. The best way to live the cross life is to serve. When we give ourselves to others, when we serve, when we encourage others, we live out the cross life. The best way to live the cross life is to serve. Now, I want to I take that statement and I want to share with you just real quickly ways that, that we can kind of apply that idea that the best way to live the cross life is to serve. If you are brand new here, I'm so excited uh, that you're here. If you, um, if, if, if you are not a part of our church, I, we want to welcome you. But I, I need to step in and just have a quick conversation with people who are a part of our church and have been a part of our church and kind of our our regulars here. If you are brand new here, you are going to so love this because you are about to watch some church members squirm. Okay, this is going to be very nice, I promise you, all right? So um, I, let me just kind of give you a little bit of an idea of, of, of where we're headed. I want to I take that and I want to apply it. I want to apply it in a very real way for us today. And so here it is. Um, I go to a gym and at that gym, um, we do kind of guided workouts, and, and they're, they're pretty intense. And the idea is that we are supposed to, yes, work out our body and work out our, uh, our you know, muscles and everything, but there is one particular muscle that they are really focused on working out, and that is, and that is the muscle of the heart. And so the goal is that you are always paying attention throughout your workout. You're paying attention to what is my heart rate? 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 And they have kind of a way of being able to measure that. As a matter of fact, when you walk in this gym, there's this big television screen. Your name is on the television screen. And behind your name is a color. And and that color represents kind of where your heart rate is. And when you walk into the gym, your heart rate and kind of the color behind your name is gray. Okay, so, so you're back there, and you're, uh, you're kind of focused, and, and everything is, is, uh, is great, and, and your, your heart rate is great. Now, can I just tell you something? That sounds really bad. You're like, wait a minute, my heart is great? No, your heart rate is great. Um, so you're, basically what that means, basically what that means is you're good. Everything's fine. What that means is that you just walked in. You sat in your car and you drove. Can I tell you something about most of you right now? Unless you're getting nervous, your heart rate is gray. It's just, it's just, that's normal life. When you go to sleep at night or during the pastor's sermon, your heart rate is gray. When you uh, get up in the morning and you eat your breakfast, your heart rate is gray. No problem, everything good, all right? So you walk in, gray, good to do, good deal. The next level up means that you, you're actually starting to do something and your heart rate, the color behind there, turns blue. So you, you, you go from gray to blue and when you go from gray to blue, you're like, I'm starting to kind of, I'm, I'm working something up. So let me just illustrate it right here in the room. Most of you right now, your heart rate is gray. Right up here, the guy that's speaking, his heart rate is probably a little more blue. 
right? Because I'm actually exerting something. I'm actually doing something. I'm walking around. I'm moving. Yeah, I mean, you can tell I'm not like working up a massive sweat. I'm, I'm not out of breath. I, 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 I'm, I'm still fine. We can still have a nice conversation. For most of you, for most of you, if you were to go out and walk to the mailbox and walk back, your heart rate well, maybe a little more than that, but your heart rate would turn blue at some point, right? So just it, basically that means you're exerting something, but you're still like, oh, this is so easy. This is not a big deal. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I could do whatever you're doing to make your heart rate blue. You could probably do it for hours, okay? Maybe when you work, maybe when you, um, you know, whatever. So when you, you know, get onto your kids, blue heart rate, whatever, that, you know, you got it. The next step up is a heart rate of green, now, heart rate of green is an area where you have started to push a little bit, but whatever you're doing to make your heart rate green, you could do that thing pretty easily for a long time. You could continue. For most people, and not in this oppressive heat that we've got outside right now, but for most people, you would have no problem walking around your neighborhood, walking around the block. I'm not talking about, you know, like this walk. I'm just talking about like, you know, just gentle, just kind of really easygoing walking. You could probably walk around your block, heart rate green, and you could probably pass your house and walk it again. Maybe not for fun, but you could, right? And you might even be able to walk around your neighborhood two or three times, especially here in Florida because everything's flat. We don't have a ton of hills or anything like that. And so, you know, you could, you could do it. I'm not saying you would want to, but you could. Heart rate green. The next step up is heart rate orange. Now, I realize that that, for some of you color people, that may or may not be fully orange, but just go with me. I'm colorblind. Um, so... Heart rate orange. Heart rate orange is, okay, I'm starting to exert myself. Um, I'm starting to sweat pretty profusely. I, I, I can hold on to heart rate orange for a little while, but not for a really, really, really long time. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to stop soon. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing, but I, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to, to move I'm going to need to move off of this level of exertion pretty quickly, right? And then the last stage is heart rate red. That's, I'm about to die. That's my life is ebbing away from me, and I'm starting to see visions of my life pass before my eyes. That is, I really want to fall off of this treadmill, and that AED machine needs to be used on me, right? Right? So this is, I am going as fast as I can go, no stop, I am pushing, pushing, pushing. I need to stop right now. You with me? All right. Pastor, why in the world are you telling us this? The best way to live the cross life is to serve. I'm going to say this as bluntly as I feel like it needs to be said. Some of us, and I'm, I'm including, uh, I'm saying us so you know that I'm with you. Some of us are serving in the gray-blue zone. You know what that looks like? Well, I come to church. I, I, I sit and I listen to the sermon. I go, to, I go to a Sunday school class. And then you go home gray blue I told you it was gonna for those of you that are new you're like yeah get them pastor some of us are not doing what God has called us to do we're not using the gifts that God has given us and I'm just I'm just gonna be I'm, I'm, the number of times I've said the word blunt in this sermon. We need some people to step up into the green, orange, red zones. I don't know any other way to say it than that. We need some people that would be willing to say, I'm here. I've been really comfortable 
I really like being a part of the church, but that's pretty much all I am, gray-blue. It's time to step up. It's just time to step up. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to step up into orange and red, or not, well, maybe orange a little bit. Can I tell you something? Your, your pastoral staff and really your church staff, we're running in the red right now. We're doing everything we can because God is growing this church, because we're seeing more people come, because we're down two staff members. We're doing everything you can. We are running as hard as we can run. And I, and I, I don't apologize for that. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, can I just go ahead and tell you? As members of the staff, if you step up into, if some of you step up into the volunteer area of green and, and orange in those areas, we're not going to stop running in the red because that's what we're called to. We're going to keep pushing because I want to see God use this. But we need some of you to join us. Now, so I'm, I'm just going to ask you to do a self-assessment. It's just up to you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to try to say, oh, well, you are and you are and you are and you are. No, 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 no. You ask yourself, are you in the gray zone? Blue? Green? Listen, we would, we would love for some people in the gray and blue to step up into the green. Which means you're doing something. It just means you can keep doing it for a long time. Orange? That means, whoo. Okay, it's going to be tough, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to go. I, I, I dare say that we might actually have some church members that need to be, that God has given you the capacity to live in the red zone. Now, I would say, if you live in the red zone, you need to dip back into the orange every once in a while, okay? You need to take a break. But friends, the number one conversation that I have as the pastor of this church, the number one conversation that I have is we don't have enough people. We don't have enough people in our preschool ministry. We don't have enough people in our kids' ministry. We don't have enough people in our student ministry. We don't have enough people on our welcome team. We don't have enough people in our food pantry. We don't have enough people in our kitchen ministry. We don't have enough people in our cafe team. We don't have enough people in our um, worship ministry. We don't have enough people on our lawn care ministry. We have so many opportunities for you to get involved. So I'm going to give you two, and then I'm going to get off your toes. If you would like to be a part of our game day football breakfasts, I know it's already been mentioned, then I need you to take out your phone and text the word football to 386-734-1991. Bring back a, a, a link and you just click on that link and you say, I'm in. Now listen, I know some of you are like, but that is early. Red zone. Right? You can press. We're not asking you to do it every day. Oh, and by the way, I know for some of you, you're like, but I got to go to work. We're out by eight. I just took some of your excuse away. Do you know what you do as a volunteer for our football breakfast? And you don't have to do it every week. We'll let you kind of schedule it out. You know what you do? It's great. You stand at the door, and as all of the entire football team of Delana High School walks in, you say, good morning, so good to have you here. Good morning, we're praying for you. Good morning, we're on your side. Good morning, we're here to serve. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And I'll tell you what, because we've done this already for one season, I promise you, if you decide to serve in that way, you will be more blessed at the end of it than they will by you being there. I promise you. Because it's so cool to see those student athletes walk in and to see their faith expressed in the way that they play on the field. It's pretty awesome. I want to encourage you to do that. And then the second thing that you can do, same number, so really easy, is you can text the word VOL. That is for volunteer, not the Tennessee kind. I know some of you are a little uncomfortable with that. Text the word VOL. So basically, if you do that, what will come back to you is a survey. 
And I, we've got 11 different options where you can say, I would be willing to serve in any of these 11 areas and an other. So if you're like, you didn't name mine, I'm, I want to name my own. Awesome. Friends, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I am going to be checking the database that that goes to at the end of today. And I hope it is packed full of people that are going from blue-gray to green. Or people that are going from green to orange. Or maybe some people that are going from orange. So, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Because we need best way to live the cross life is to serve. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for all the things you give to us. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. And God, I pray that you will use this time that we have had together to push us to a greater sense of service, a greater sense of sacrifice, And God, that you would allow us in just the way that we serve, you would allow us to live out the cross in our lives every day. Father, thank you. Thank you for the way that you have challenged us today. Help us to live faithfully and to do a miraculous work in your name for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing this final song just as a way to say that Jesus is the most important thing and living out his presence in our lives every day is what we need. Let's sing this and worship together. Amen.